First, though, we're going to have a discussion here about something that I'll uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I first heard of this morning. It's something called space-time eating bubbles. I'm not making this up. Um, this is pretty wild stuff. So to get the details on, on what this is and get a little learning on you today, we are going to chat with Jonathan Braden, who is a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Toronto's uh, Institute for Theoretical Astrophysics and co-author of this study into space bubbles. Jonathan, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, hi. Okay, now understand you're, you're, you're talking to an idiot here, especially when it comes to this kind of a thing. Space bubbles, dumb that way down for us. What are we talking about? I've never heard of space bubbles before. Okay, uh, well, so the basic idea here is... If you look at the universe around us, you know, you'll see things like stars, planets, sure. galaxies, uh, this sort of stuff. But there is a maximum distance that we can kind of look out away from the Earth because of the speed of light. And so uh, a question you might want to ask as a cosmologist like myself is, suppose I could look at much, much, much larger scales. So I was some omniscient being looking down at the entirety of the universe, which we think is infinitely large. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Uh, and so one of the ideas that we have kind of at the cutting edge of, of cosmology these, these days is that if I look out far enough, so if I could look way, way, way past the edge of the observable universe, I don't see a bunch of planets and galaxies and stars. I see basically empty nothingness, okay? okay. And then within that empty nothingness, you have these bubbles popping into existence, uh, a lot like a more down-to-earth example would be you take a pot of water and you boil it. Yes. And what you see happen, you have bubbles that will slowly nucleate in various places in the, the pot of water. Uh, and then inside each of those bubbles in this picture, uh, you will have an entire universe like our own. Okay? Okay. And so then you have this, like, the, the universe is a very, very broad hole, which is often referred to as the multiverse, is these bubbles popping into existence, and inside each bubble you get kind of what we normally think of as the universe. Gotcha. And then because you have a bunch of these, eventually they can start to run into each other and, and collide and this sort of stuff. Okay, so we're looking at basically a bunch of little bubbles containing different universes, which we think of universe combining to form the greater universe. Do I have that right? That's, that's more or less correct. Okay, yeah. now what happens when these bubbles collide? Ah, so that's a great question. Uh, it does depend a little bit on exactly the details of the model you use for this. But um, what, what you would normally think is if you smash two things together, there will be wherever they run into each other, there's going to be a massive disturbance in the universe. Uh, so depending on exactly your, the details of your modeling, one thing this can show up as is there will be, suppose that we had a collision in, in our universe. If you looked in one particular direction on the sky, there will be like a big circle. And inside of that circle, the properties of the universe will be slightly different than if you were not looking inside of that circle because this collision happened. And so there can be lots of complicated stuff that goes on in there. You know, you might expect that you basically set off a massive bomb, and then the bomb goes and propagates away from the, colli- uh, the collision region. Uh, you can get other things known as gravitational waves, uh, which are sure. disturbances in space-time itself. Heard of those, yeah. If, you, if you're not a physicist, this is a crazy, wild idea that makes no sense. Now, this is <laughs> theoretical at this point. Like you say, it's a wild, crazy idea. I mean, this is yes. just a theory as to how the universe works. 
It is, it is, again, we don't know on these large scales exactly what the universe looks like. This is one of the possibilities that it could be. Uh, and so obviously we want to do things like these are observational predictions if this, if this model is correct. Um, and since we don't know that it is not the right model, um, it's worth exploring what the consequences would be if it is true. Yeah. Uh, how, how would you prove it? How could you possibly prove this? Uh, so, so the way that you would demonstrate it was true was this example of if you could observe a collision. Yeah. Okay. If if you had something you could go see and be like, that was a collision. That would basically prove that this is the right model. Uh, proving that it is not, if you don't see anything and saying this is the right model versus something else is a much different problem. But you could certainly verify it's true by actually observing one of these collisions. And so for that, um, people have done some studies uh, where they looked in something called the cosmic microwave background. This is basically like light that's left over from the Big Bang. So it's a, a photograph of the universe now, when it was much, much smaller than it is today. Um, and again, you can look for these circular patterns in, in that data. Uh there and was it, no evidence. Oh, this sorry, possibly explains those circular patterns. I mean, because everything does sort of have a uniformity to it. We understand. That. And this sort of explains why? Uh, so this would actually be... So if you look at any direction... Yeah. And then, you, you know, you don't look at small details, because small details, obviously, there's planets, there's stars, there's all kinds of stuff. You kind of smooth over all of that. If you look at any direction away from the Earth, it more or less looks exactly the same. <laughs> Okay, which is a shocking thing at some level. Yeah, uh, and then there are really, really small deviations as you as you go from location to location that you're looking at. This would be there's a, a very special direction that if you looked in that direction, the universe would actually look different than everywhere else around us. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Now, this could replace our theory of the Big Bang, right? It, it could be perhaps a bubble collision that formed what we know as our universe rather than the Big Bang. Uh, it, is, it is close to that. It's actually, in this, in this model, uh, the Big Bang is actually the nucleation of one of these bubbles. Right, yeah. So that is our Big Bang, would be bang we had a bubble form. Uh, which, okay, given that we don't have a theory for what the Big Bang was, this is at least like a concrete model that you can do calculations with, which which is a nice property of it. Uh, I think that's all I need to know. I don't know. Is there something else I should know? <laughs> I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest with you here. Yeah, so I guess maybe I'll just say exactly what was new about this thing we did. So this, this is not like a brand new idea. Uh, but when you're asking these questions of, I need to go look for a collision. Yeah. Obviously, you need to know how often the bubbles actually collide with each other to understand if you're very likely to see one. Okay, okay. If, if bubble nucleations are very, very rare, you just will never see a collision because they never collide with each other. So an implicit assumption that has never been verified in like all the past studies of this is that if I make one bubble, whether or not I make another one close to it, it doesn't it doesn't matter that that bubble was there, okay? So that, yeah. we just call that correlations between bubble nucleations. Um, so what we did is we did a different calculation than people normally do, and what we found is if you nucleate a bubble, you're actually more likely to nucleate another one close to it, okay, and less likely to nucleate them far away. 
Okay. And what that means is the number of collisions that you have is actually much larger than you would have expected otherwise. And so that actually changes your expectation for how likely this sort of phenomena is to be in, in the actual data that we have. Okay, so if you've got one bubble we can extrapolate, you probably have another one close by more likely than far apart, which means the yeah. chances of them colliding obviously goes up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got you that far. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Interesting stuff. I appreciate your time today. Okay, thank you. Thanks very much. That's Jonathan Braden, who is co-author on this study into space bubbles, um, which alter time and space and maybe rather than the Big Bang Theory that we've talked about, we had a bubble collision, I think. Not 100% sure. 